Welcome to Infinitely Rational, where we discuss the real eccentric and complex history of mathematics. Brought to you by Mathematical Expressions. I'm your host, Natalie, the resident math nerd. And I'm Kay, your researcher of weird things. In this episode, we'll answer the following questions. So, what's the process for becoming amateur royalty? How do you find a needle in a haystack if you don't know which haystack to look in? What do either of these have to do with math? Let's find out. So let's shot Fermat. So exciting. <laughs> also great accent. Thank you. I have heard Fermat. See, already I'm messing it up. Fermat. I will do my best, but please forgive me when I mess up. <laughs> I've heard it pronounced as Fermat since the first time I heard his name. And so forgive me if I mess up and say it again. I will try Fermat. Well, as I also read it that way, although no one's ever talked to me about <laughs> Fermat before. I definitely read it as Fermat, so I will probably Thanks, slip Google too. pronunciations. <laughs> <laughs> but so anyway, let's shot Fermat. He discovered differential calculus and was at least a co-discoverer of analytic geometry. First and foremost question for the researcher. Ready. What did he wear? Do you know... For the first time in this podcast, uh -huh. the research does not bear those facts out. I can't believe, like, flame-colored cloaks, glasses, silk suits, nothing. There is a shameful <laughs> lack of research on Fermat's clothing. Shoddy historians. <laughs> Absolutely. What we do know, though, uh -huh. is that, like you said, he was considered a prince of amateurs when it came to mathematics or I at least that's what he was i want to be a princess of amateurs you know like jack of all <laughs> trades master of none i want to be the second but i think you have to be kind of you know really good at that thing on the side <laughs> i guess that's true okay so the reason why he was called prince of amateurs mm -hmm. in mathematics is because he wasn't actually a mathematician gasp that was not his actual employment. Well, then we shouldn't be covering him if he wasn't a mathematician. No, 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 no. He is chock full of mathy goodness. <laughs> so we really need to dip into him. Also drama. So much drama. I can't wait. Okay. So what did he do then, right? Because mm -hmm. he had to have some sort of a job. Right. He actually studied law and he served as part of the local parlement as a lawyer and a counselor. Nice accent. Thank you. <laughs> you know that... I have absolutely no skill whatsoever in imitating <laughs> accents. And I apologize right now. I do not mean to offend anyone. I am not trying to be <laughs> offensive. I am actually trying to say it as it's supposed to be said. So listeners, if we're pronouncing something incorrectly, tell us what we've said wrong. Please, please do. But so you said he was a lawyer and a counselor. I'm going to imagine him in judge robes and a beret. <laughs> See, offensive, right off. Why Sorry. you got gotta be like that? First of all, <laughs> I grew up in a little Caribbean country that was a British colony since forever. And so I don't feel like I was offensive. Okay, okay well, as long as you don't, I'm sure everyone else will feel that way too. <laughs> I know that's the measure of how offensive <laughs> something is, is if the person who said it wasn't offended. No offense, but. So, <laughs> so let's talk about his career. Was he a good lawyer? He was actually promoted to the highest level of the criminal court, which is really impressive, That's, yeah. right? Yeah, no, actually, not quite that as impressive. What? And here's why. Okay, tell me. So, 
at the time, mm-hmm. the plague was going around. Yes. And uh, all his colleagues pretty much died. At least all his older <laughs> colleagues died and more talented <laughs> colleagues died. And so he survived. So he was promoted. So good for him. You know, actually, <laughs> I have a story that I would love to share about this. About about the plague yes. and Fermat. Yes, okay. about the plague and Fermat. He actually got the plague. Oh, he really got he the did, plague. He did, he did, he did. And in fact, he was so ill that his friend went and told everybody. Oh, no. Listen, Fermat has died. <gasps> yes, but breaking <laughs> news. This just in. He didn't die. <laughs> right? I can confirm this. He did not die of the plague. Yes. And then his friend had to go back and tell everybody, listen, I'm so sorry, guys. Like, Fermat is not dead. Turns out. Oh, no. This is the ultimate reply all mistake. <laughs> I feel like, you know, you just throw it out there and then everyone knows. Do you think Fermat knew? If I was his friend, like, let's suppose I was like, guys, Kay has the plague. <laughs> She's died. And then you call me up or you text me. You're like, listen, I'm starting to make a recovery. I no longer have, I don't know, no, like, no longer have to wear the mask or however you heal from the plague. I don't know. But... <laughs> I'm getting better. Oh, plague doctor mask. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure that was actually a cure. <laughs> However, one heals. You text me because you're contagious and I don't want to hang out with you while you're contagious because then I would die. Right. But I then I'm like, oh, God, I've told everybody that Kay is dead. <laughs> and so what I would do at that point, I think, is I'd go around and say that you're a zombie and don't talk to you about it because you're very sensitive. I am really sensitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think my eating of brains is at all anyone's business. <laughs> no offense, but. <laughs> That's a protected class now to go with our HR theme through all of our other episodes. You should know better. Do not discuss this. It is unwanted at work. Okay. Well, you know, that actually could have been a problem. What? You, you know, I took a trip. Uh, to Yosemite recently. Yeah, yeah. And there were signs on these <laughs> restrooms out in the middle of the wilderness <laughs> that said, like, yeah, be careful. Plague. Of bears? Plague. No, what? Plague. For yes. real? And I thought, where am I? Did I step through a time portal? Into Fermat's no- time? I had no oh idea gosh. the plague was still around. And here. Yeah, so after that, I was constantly worried that I might get the plague <laughs> from something in this beautiful wilderness. I would worry, too. But yes, I could have come back with the plague, oh, so God. this is a possibility. Please check before you go telling people that I'm dead. I promise I will confirm. Thank you. I I would appreciate that. I will not spread fake news. Personally. Now, it's interesting that all of this death talk surrounds him because he actually, (laughs) he lived during a a pretty dangerous time and Mm -hmm. his his profession was actually pretty dangerous. Uh You think of a lawyer nowadays and you think, oh yeah, maybe, I don't know, a gangster might shoot them or something or someone who's unhappy with representation. I, I was thinking of an ambulance chaser. <laughs> like you said, you know, like the big billboards. That's what I was thinking. Dangerous. Call now. <laughs> he was he was in a dangerous position uh-huh. because at the time everyone was being dragged into court. Yeah. Constantly. And I don't know, they were getting guillotined or whatever happens in France. <laughs> but so <laughs> he he was really discouraged at the time from having any sort of friends because all this intrigue and backstabbing was going on in the court systems. And so 
he do you, you know what that would make a great netflix show or like a prime <laughs> show like carnival row except good oh. burn <laughs> burn <laughs> Also, your dog beside us is making some. He knows how comments. Carnival Row went. Apparently, he, he is really bothered by it because he's making a lot of noise beside us. He just he is growling, <laughs> listeners. He did not like Carnival Row either. So take that, take that as a review of this dog. <laughs> I'm not going to say the name of this show anymore because I'm afraid that the dog is going to go into fits. Are you done? <laughs> He's not even looking at us. Can we continue? At the time, mm -hmm. this was a very dangerous job to have. Uh -huh. So everyone was getting pulled into court. They were getting guillotined or what have mm -hmm. you, you know, put to death pretty regularly. Dude, I think guillotines were still going on when the original Star Wars trilogy came out. Intense. I think so. Okay, well, then I feel better about just saying that. So he was really discouraged from having friends because him and his colleagues might see one of their friends dragged into court and then, you know, they might have, I don't know, some human sympathy wait, for wait, wait, them. Wait, 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 So I decide I make my career, I do like the do what you are assessment to figure out what I want to be and mm -hmm. it tells me you would be a rock star as a lawyer or a councilman in, in the parlement. parlement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so then when I apply, I have to sign a document that says I cannot have any friends I guess it's like being a bishop, right? Well, like, I denounce my, my family and family, yeah. and I will go off and do this thing. But then, so that's intense, because, like, we have game night. Sure. Uh-huh. And so, like, what, what did they do? Because they're, like, what did he do outside of work? I'm glad that you bring that up. Mm-hmm. Because he actually had a very intense hobby. Uh-huh. And it was a favorite sport uh -huh. of the time. What not, sport? Yes, not just for him. Uh-huh. But for my understanding from the research, for many people uh -huh. at the time. Let me tell you what this sport is, shall I? Because yes. I know you're going to sign up right yes. away. Okay, you're going to go I'm out and get gear for it. Sport. And you know that's mm -hmm. right. So this sport uh -huh. was, you know how we talked about in previous episodes mm -hmm. that Pythagoras and Hypatia may have had many different published works that we didn't know about yep. because they were lost to time, yeah. right? Burning of Alexandria mm -hmm. Library and all of that. So this sport was about reading the books where those books were mentioned and then recreating those lost books from scratch. What exciting. an intense sport. You know this is exciting. You know, do you think they had... Um, do you think they had like team names? We're in post season for the Astros, right? Go Astros! <laughs> Go Astros! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that they had post season it, and they're going to the championships and someone would win and, and team names? What could they be? Oh, I, I think so, for sure. I mean, hey, we knew that Hypatia teamed up with her dad. That's true. Right? So I'm sure that there were collaborations. It's probably because they didn't have TV, too, because. Well, we know from Meredith, right? What could oh, be accomplished yes. without TV? So, yeah, I mean, I know what I want to do on the weekend is I want to <laughs> go read a book about a lost work, like the Holy Grail, let's say. Not even a book, but let's just say a thing <laughs> that might have existed. And I know I want to be all up on Pinterest 
putting my images of, I don't know, like my marshmallow holy grail cup out there. Because that's what it would look like now, right? I you mean, would if be we on did the, this. You would be on the Pinterest fails or the Pinterest? Which one? Oh, no. I would be a fail for sure. <laughs> but there are talented people out there. So there, I mean, I could see this actually being a sport, but they would just be on Pinterest now. It's true. So. Well, look at Great British Bake Off. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, fancy stuff mm-hmm. from the amateurs. Prince and princesses of amateurs. True there you go. that. In our time right now. <laughs> so, you know what? On that note, listeners, if you want to create a work lost to time, it doesn't have to be a book. I would maybe encourage you not to tackle an entire book, but anything like the Holy Grail or something else, and you want to send it into us, we would love to (laughs) repost it and show everyone your amazing team sport production. Woo! (laughs) But yeah, definitely. I know I have free time. I'm going to look at this text and write another text. So exciting. You absolutely would love doing that. I probably would. Mm Mm-hmm. Join us for Monday Math Madness. This Monday, the rowdy reconstructionists take on the master modernizers in an epic battle of wits to remake Hypatia's treatises. Will these works, long ago destroyed, throw our mathematicians for a loop? Tune in to see who will win and advance to the final level. An opportunity to rebuild the Library of Alexandria and win the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail is not the genuine Holy Grail from mythology, but a high-quality reproduction. Actual value, the rewards of a job well done. Okay, so let's talk about what Ferma did as Prince of Amateurs, mm-hmm. right? Because we've heard previously that it's all about the publishing. Uh-huh. What did he put out there? Ferma, Ferma, mm-hmm. put out really practically nothing. He published... Nada. As the Prince of Amateurs. Correct. In fact, the introduction to Loci, am I pronouncing that right? Yes. Okay. So that particular work, which is attributed Mm -hmm. to him, was actually published after he died. In fact, his son pretty much gathered up everything after he died and had it published. So it wasn't (laughs) lost to time. And, uh, you know, unfortunately... A lot of his work is attributed to other people because they actually did publish. So even though he did it first, Mm -hmm. they did it later and published it. And so they get all the credit. So moral of the story essentially is publish first. Right. (laughs) Get your claim out there. (laughs) Just kidding. Actually, it's likely because he was wealthy and he really didn't care about publishing. He just wanted to do it for enjoyment. Like I was trying to convince you that you should become a math professor the other day and you you said, What did you tell me? You were like, I just want to do it for fun. That's true. Mm -hmm. I do at this point now in my life, I do just want to do math for fun. And you know, and that's what he did is he wrote he he wrote letters to other mathematicians and just kind of picked their brain and challenged them. And that's all he wanted to do. That's so fun. And yeah, he said, you know, in, in all the letters that he sent out, he was actually, <laughs> he's actually kind of a turd because he would say, <laughs> I can do this. Can you? And he would issue these challenges and he uh, wouldn't say that he he wouldn't say how he did it. He wouldn't provide any proof. He would just kind of just say, I can do this. I did it. I, fam- fight me. 
<laughs> have done this thing. Mm-hmm. Can you? That's that's right. That's actually exactly what the letters show on multiple occasions. <laughs> he was just in the habit of doing this. And I have to wonder, were they direct challenges? Was he trying to be kind of a jerk? Or was it more he was really excited about it and thought they would be excited <laughs> too by a challenge? Because it definitely was not taken that way. I don't know. Somebody wrote me a letter and they said... I can do this. Can you? There's no way that I would interpret that besides fight me. It's true. I think you have to have that solid relationship first before you can sort of come at me, bro. With so it. what you're saying is I should write you an email and say, I can factor. Can you? And see how you would interpret that. Well, and so a lot of the people that he wrote to, these other mathematicians who were not mm-hmm. amateur princes, but were actually <laughs> mathematicians. Yes. <laughs> they they took this not only as a challenge, but they, they felt kind of like he was a braggart. And they thought, hey, well, he's just saying he can do these things. There's no evidence that he can. Uh-huh. But it turns out that most of his assertions actually ended up being true. So these challenges he issued, his his opponents were saying, oh, there really isn't a an answer to it. He's just being a troll. But no, there were answers to those things. And part of the reason why he, they couldn't accept it was really because mathematics is actually built on a solid, unshakable foundation and on proofs. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. So unshakable truths. Mm-hmm. What, what do you mean by that? So there is a checkerboard example that talks about the difference between math and science. Yes, games. Okay. Go for it. I'm going to start. So imagine that you have a checkerboard. And the question is, can you cover the checkerboard in dominoes? You've lost me. Um. This is, can we, can we start further back? Remember, I am a beginning princess of amateurism (laughs) math. (laughs) Fine. I will not use my checkerboard example. Okay. (laughs) However, I like the example so much. And it's from actually this great book called Fermat's Enigma. Which I loved, by Mm -hmm. the way, listeners. This was part of the research that I did for this episode. And it is a really good read. I heavily, heavily recommend it. It's awesome. It's by Simon Singh. And he's written a bunch of great books. But so... Uh, I will put something about it on the website, so you can definitely go check it out. <laughs> if you're more advanced than I am. It's fun. You should just go look. Uh, but I will, I will, uh, what about eggs? Okay, I'm with you. Eggs. Okay. They're so in the fridge. They are in the fridge. But think about what we read right now. Eggs are healthy. Eggs will kill you. Murder cholesterol eggs. Hooray for eggs. They're the best. I'm still with you. Okay, okay. awesome. <laughs> so science has a shakable foundation because... We don't know. Are eggs healthy? Are they not? It constantly changes, oh, right? because we discover something new, you know, because mm-hmm. it's every person or every instance is kind of a little different, is what you're saying. Well, it's kind of that we discover something new, mm-hmm. right? So maybe mm-hmm. we thought eggs were good, mm-hmm. but then someone discovers something different about eggs. Then further down the process, right. they're actually bad. <laughs> and then someone else says, but actually... That thing may or may not be right. Eggs are good again, right? But either way, so we don't know whether eggs are good or bad. Shaky. Yeah. But what math does is they would prove that eggs are healthy or unhealthy Mm -hmm. for 
every single instance, every person, regardless of age, history, cholesterol, uh, cholesterol, however you cook it, right? Forever and ever Forever and always. Forever and ever and ever and always. And so then someone else could take that and say, okay, good. Eggs are healthy. I can make a conclusion about something else that has to do with eggs. Like I can put them in cakes and the eggs won't kill me right. or something. <laughs> Not arsenic eggs. Yes. Okay, that, okay, I got you. Hooray! <laughs> I, Matt I, I, is awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. So to bring it back then, why, you know, why didn't Fermat share his his unshakable mm-hmm. foundation, right? He was, he was notoriously secretive, mm-hmm. even though supposedly he was working on an unshakable basis. He did not share his methods or his proofs or any of that good stuff. And it's kind of legendary in the math world, both then and now. It's one of those instances where it wasn't, you know, posthumously we discovered that he was secretive. It was all the way from his his day and all the way to ours. And he wasn't only secretive, uh, he wasn't the only one who is secretive about math at that time. Yeah, well, even before then, the Pythagorean Brotherhood and they're drowning because they keep our secrets, keep it secret, <laughs> keep it safe. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's actually not, and not just in, in Greece. So it was also in Rome, I guess. And France. And France. <laughs> yes, specifically in France, Parisian mm-hmm. mathematicians had this tradition of keeping their methods and their calculations secret. Mm -hmm. So they were the only ones who knew how to solve certain kinds of problems. And the reason why they did that Uh is because that's how they marketed their services. Dude, that's kind of cool. That's like, oh, you need factoring? I have the monopoly on it. Right, yeah, I'm the only one who knows how to solve this particular thing. Fight me. And and specifically, (laughs) it was usually around accounting. Right? So it really was service-based, which is pretty neat. I get that. Yeah. I, and I get it, too, because the more I dive into this research, the more I'm realizing that math, at least the cutting edge of mathematics, right? <laughs> Not the stuff we're learning in our textbooks, but the real math. It's like trying to find a needle in a haystack in a barn full of haystacks where you're not even sure if there is a needle at all in any of these haystacks. And so I can understand that if you find, you actually find a needle and you find it in the right haystack, that you would want to kind of keep it secret. It's a hero's quest. Ooh, epic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I agree. It is epic. And we have a couple of epic episodes coming (laughs) up. Of Ferma. Of Ferma. And uh, they both have to do with math because I'm excited that we get to dig into some of it just a little bit. Don't be scared. Please don't be scared. I promise you, if I can get it, you can get it. <laughs> but so let's um, let's go ahead and end here. And we look forward to hearing from you about your lost works of antiquity, listeners. Please send them to us. Hooray! <laughs> Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Infinitely Irrational. For more fun, the research, and math behind this episode, visit us on the web at www.infinitelyirrational.com. This episode was edited by Mathematical Expressions. This episode was written and narrated by Mathematical Expressions and Kay. Research for this episode was compiled by Kay. See you next time!